welcome to Ask Matron. My name is Robin Barker. I am a mental health nurse that did my training at a time when a lot was uh, delivered by video content. And I'm joined by my colleague that uh, was more used to mime, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The fabulous Chris Kerr. Good evening. Happy New Year. Thank you, Chris. I've got to point out to our listeners something that was raised via the Twitter that was, we never talk about what Chris does. (laughs) It's a secret. You might be forgiven for thinking that Chris is also a mental health nurse. No. Well, well, I was going to say because of your caring and soothing voice and and what feels clearly like some sort of therapy going on during these (laughs) sessions for me. But uh, actually not the case. No, not the case. I am um, an emergency nurse by background. That is adult and paediatric trained and a nurse teacher. And that is why it's so fabulous that we get along despite all that. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what, what multidisciplinary working can do for Oh, us. it's fantastic. We love it. Through gritted... T- no. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode eight of the podcast. It is for information and entertainment, not for practical advice. Although, wait. <laughs> Give some things that are reasonably safe to do, but obviously do your own risk assessments. <laughs> we want nothing to do with it. We are on Twitter at Ask Matron Podcast. So please tweet us your questions, comments, hopes, joys, concerns, fears, book ideas. I have no idea. Tweet whatever you'd like because we love to hear from you. We've just passed 400 followers. Mm. I know. Chris is worried. Is that good? <laughs> Chris doesn't know what we're talking about. It means that we're being stalked by 400 people on the internet. Oh, okay. I I assume that's good. (laughs) I think it's great. But for those of you without a Twitter who would like to contact us in some, what's feeling a bit old-fashioned now on the old emails, you can contact us at askmatronpodcast at gmail.com. This week we are talking about burnout. Really important issue that I think we've probably both come up against and both with colleagues and uh, and, and ourselves in, in that feeling yeah. over the course of our nursing careers. And so we had a number of questions and tweets that uh, were on the subject. The first question comes from Chris on Twitter, who says, on placement as a student, I often have nurses ask me why on earth I would want to be a nurse. Burnout seems to be rife. That's really sad, isn't it? And I, I can't deny that it's not out there. The pressure's in clinical areas are huge, especially at this time of year when the number of patients are going up, people are coming into hospital, they're spending longer in, the winter period obviously is much harder than everywhere else and nurses are struggling. And I think that is echoed by the other disciplines as well. I think that's something that I see working on liaison amongst all the staff. Yes, so all the the support staff, the physios, the OTs, they're given 120% every day that they go in. And there is only a certain amount of time that you can do that for before you start feeling the strain. It is a strain. I agree. And I think that what you can do to respond to that is a real challenge in all environments that we work in, because especially thinking of being a student nurse in that situation, you want to try and stay motivated. You want Mm -hmm. to, you know, you're enthusiastic. And also these are your role models that are around you. That's not a good feeling to have people around you feeling and looking like they were burned out. And these are these are placement areas that you need to learn from. So if your mentors and your support within those clinical areas are burnt out, they're not providing the learning environment that you need in order to get to do what you need to do. There is a question in there about almost how do you respond and what do you do? I think you have to try and separate yourself in, in a way from that. 
and to focus on and to focus on what you're trying to achieve in that placement. It's really easy to get sucked into that whole environment of, you know, why we're here. It's awful. No one wants to work here. And it's really hard to, to rise above that. I think it's important to remember, though, that you're only there for a short period of time. I was going to say that, like, hang on to that. And that idea that actually you might be there for six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, however long your placement is, you're there for a confined amount of time. And you might lose out if that is how you spend your time in that placement, even if it's tough to stay separated from that. I think the way that I found it, because I definitely experienced that on placement. I can remember one specific area where staff were starting after I began my placement and left before I'd finished it, um, which was particularly challenging. But I set myself goals. Some of those goals I put in my practice portfolio and kind of worked towards them, my mentorship kind of meetings. Uh, but a lot of them were personal goals around what I wanted to learn and what I wanted to achieve, even if some of the things that I achieved there were how to manage a ward and, and understand how to respond to a situation where you don't have enough staff. <laughs> yeah. And part of me also thinks that's part of the reality of being in nursing is that there are areas that are short of staff and that are really difficult to work in. And some people really thrive in those areas. So what someone might think is awful someone else finds a real challenge and, and gets quite excited by that. And it's chalk and cheese. You know, you either love A&E or you hate it. There's really mm. no in between. But it is a short placement. It's, it's not forever. And if you don't like it, then you don't have to go back. But you also have the support of your link lecturers and your university staff. So that if it gets to the point where you think you're being sucked in, and actually you can't see a way out, you need to find that support from somebody. So linked to that, to make a bad pun, Chris, as I want to do, <laughs> we had uh, another comment on Twitter um, from Bex, who says, are second year blues a real thing? And I thought that was a really interesting question that I think definitely kind of links with what we're talking about with burnout. But this idea of coming back and perhaps feeling a bit down as you start your second year and don't know the specifics of how she might be feeling, but thinking about any time there's a, a gap and you come back. So for me, it's almost like coming into work on a Monday. You know it's the beginning of quite a long week and you are now starting the second year, which is quite is new and it's exciting, but actually you know you've still got another two years of training to go. And I think people struggle with that sometimes, that they've done a little bit of it and they quite like it, but they can't, they lose sight of the end game. And I know how I felt after taking two weeks off, which normally would be filled with some shift work and other things. But I yeah. remember taking two clear weeks off. I had to go to a wedding and coming back from that two week period, I was really worried that I'd forgotten everything. And I really felt quite down about how I was doing and that I wasn't delivering and able to the nurse that I was before I went away and I think that definitely links in with that feeling of I've had a bit of a break I've come back and I'm relearning everything and that idea that actually I feel like I'm relearning every time I come back into work every week let alone after a two-week break and that's a good thing but it's getting comfortable with that because yeah that's something you are going to constantly change when you're working as a nurse and might well have ups and downs in periods where you feel like oh my gosh I should you knowing more, I feel like I'm learning too many lessons. Actually, it's really important that you can see that you're constantly learning throughout your career. I think that's what makes it a good career, I think. And a, and a good place to work is you can constantly learn 
every week. You know, every time you have a few breaking days and you come back, I guarantee there'll be something <laughs> new that, that is around and that you learn. And that won't stop. And if that's something that appeals to you, you've made the right decision. If it's not, it's going to be a challenge. <laughs> and I think it's, for Beck, certainly, you've come off from a, a break. You're going back into university. And it's quite nice to see all your colleagues and your friends again. But the anxiety of going back into a placement area where you may not have been for a couple of months starts to take hold, doesn't it? That kind of, okay, I've not done anything clinical now for two, three months. And and how am I going to, you know, how do I behave? And how how am I going to remember everything I should have learned? And it's about recognising that you're still a student. And even when you're qualified, no one can possibly know everything. My favourite line, and I can't quote it properly, I should really pause and go and look it up. But in the NMC code, which is around the importance of knowing what you don't know and knowing that you don't know everything mm -hmm. and that being a thing to hold on to. I think that for me is the thing that I constantly come back to and that's actually what's most dangerous and especially as a student nurse, what can put you in the most kind of hot water in a way is kind of pretending you know or thinking that you know everything and when you really couldn't possibly do that. Absolutely. And then making decisions or not checking into things and not looking things or flagging up. Actually, I feel really uncomfortable with how to do this. And I think especially in the second year and third year, to a certain extent, there'll be different expectations. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you might have to clarify with mentors and with the people on your placement about exactly what skills you've got as a second or third year. Because I know that in my training, that depending on where people have gone on placements, they might not have had certain skills developed over the course of that first year. Or they might be skills they only learned in a simulation because there wasn't the opportunity clinically to learn them. But then they've ended up somewhere where they've said, oh, well, yes, just go and do that. Yeah. And as routine, because it might have been routine for that nurse, not because of any fault in you as a student, but because the expectation. And I guess one of those is that witnessing a cardiac arrest, your first cardiac arrest. So some students go through the whole of their training without ever seeing a cardiac arrest. And the first time they see it is when they're a staff nurse in charge of a ward. And that's kind of similar. You can't predict what you're going to come across. What you can do is embrace the learning opportunities that each one of those presents itself and, and do it from there. But a second year, I found the second year quite hard because I, you're not quite halfway you're just starting the second year and you just think it's going to go on forever. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. So hold on to that. And I think I really want to kind of close with the, the last comment on Twitter I really liked, which was from Sammy, who says, so far from what I am learning, self-care is one of the main things a registered nurse and a student nurse um, can do to relieve stress and burnout. I completely agree. You need to have some support strategies in place, regardless as to where those are. So it may be someone within your university forum. It may be someone outside of work. It may be a family member. But you do need someone who you can offload to. And things like swimming and exercise, all those things that you enjoy doing, that's what you still need to do, obviously, if it's legal. That's... What? Legal swimming? No. Where are you going swimming no, illegally? No. Wow, well, you'd be surprised I live by the coast. <laughs> what I meant, as long as what you're doing is enjoyable and it is legal, then you should continue to do that throughout your nursing career. And I think that's a really nice note on which to finish. 
and go and find out exactly what Chris what was referring swimming to is. <laughs> on the beach uh, down on the south coast. Intriguing, but probably for an offline conversation. I imagine so. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of Ask Matron. Thank you for all your comments on the Twitter at Ask Matron and uh, on the email at askmatronpodcast at gmail.com which Chris will look at, review and uh, print out and bring along. (laughs) (laughs) Big font? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Just to clarify, who's wearing the glasses as we're sitting here? (laughs) It's me. (laughs) I hope that uh, we are able to give you a bit of a boost, all the student nurses out there and that uh, you are feeling well cared for and looked after in this new year. So have a lovely week. Good night. I I don't feel like either of us are looking particularly rested. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might agree with you on that. Is that just that we're old or is it because... No, I think, well, I'm just old. Okay, no, I think it's just old.